This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses at a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com/fool and enter the promo code fool. It's Tuesday, March 7th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today from Molly Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We got a lot of retail news we got to get to. But before we do that, we're going to start with a topic that is near and dear to your heart, and your, I would argue your circle of competence, and that is recreational vehicles. Second quarter profits for Thor Industries came in a little higher than expected. So did their revenue, and yet shares down eight percent. Is this a guidance thing? Is this a valuation thing? I mean, Thor Thor Industries has had a heck of a nice run, so I'm I'm wondering if at least part of what we're seeing in the market today is just the fact that the the stock was trading at a premium. Yeah, it's a valuation thing. It was a good quarter, and uh, well, a couple of things. One, the last three or four quarters, Thor has and things have been very good in the RV industry, uh, and Thor is the leader. And they are, whereas people think Winnebago is the, probably the, the most known name, Thor uh, has Airstream and, and a whole bunch of other uh, brands under its, um, under its roof. And then Forest River, which is um, owned by Berkshire Hathaway, is, is the number two player. So it's been a great time for RVs. Gas prices are, are good. Uh, interest rates, which is what most purchasers are, you know, need is is good financing rates that they're good, uh, and the job market's been good. So RVs have done very, very, very well, and Thor has as well. And it was up almost 100% last year as a stock, and it had a good quarter. Uh, but uh, whereas the last three or four quarters, it beat expectations by about 24 cents, 20 to 25 cents a share. Um, it, uh, uh, on almost each one of those last couple of quarters, it only beat by a penny this time. So I think people were pricing in another sort of blowout quarter. One of the reasons for that is Thor doesn't really give guidance, so the uh, results tend to have a greater differential with um, you know against expectations. And for most companies, which guide pretty narrowly, and, and by the time earnings are reported. The analysts have been given the guidance on what the actual results are going to be, and and so there aren't big surprises. So when you say they don't give guidance, is that even during the quarterly conference call, or is it just like no, we'll do our quarterly report, we'll answer any questions you have, and then you're not going to hear us give any kind of guidance until three months from now? Well, they they don't even they don't do uh, quarterly conference calls. They just they provide of, and this is this is how they do it. They they don't. One of the things that they're proud of is they don't provide uh, non-gap earnings. They don't they don't provide adjusted earnings. They're like here's what we report: gap earnings. That's the only number that we're going to give you. Does is what is what the earnings are according to gap, and then they give a, a pretty detailed quarterly write-up. Um, they do take. Uh, you can arrange some calls with them um, individually, but they don't do a, a published conference call. But they produce in written form. Here are the questions we think you're most interested in. They they sort of provide a, a written out Q and A. So I think it's it's a different way of doing it, and uh, I I think it's worked out very well for investors uh, as to where their priorities are. 
now I'm wondering if anyone has done a study on the average return of companies that take this approach to Wall Street analysts. And by that I mean just not offering guidance, no guidance. because because the only other company that leaps to mind is Berkshire Hathaway. Like Berkshire doesn't really do that. They've got you know their annual report and that kind of thing. I mean they put out their quarterly reports, but they don't really do that. And I'm just wondering if, because on the one hand you can look at an approach like that and think, well maybe they're maybe they're trying to sweep something under the rug. The other way of interpreting that is, look, we don't have time for this. We're busy running our business, and we're not going to. Hold your hand, Wall Street analyst. You know, ask whatever you want to ask. We'll get back to you if we want. Yeah, the the principal reason not to give any guidance is not to be held to, uh, you know, quarterly managing to the quarter. Uh, if you're going to give quarterly guidance, and then there are good reasons to do things that are in the long term interests of shareholders, but are going to cost you in in the short term. Uh, you know, it's easier to pre- present that story when you haven't given guidance than missing, uh, which tends to be a you know a pain, and then you know analysts get mad at you and investors get mad at you, and so you know it's been good times for Thor where they've just been able to wallop expectations. There aren't it's not a closely followed company. There are only maybe four uh, analysts that are producing any estimates at all. So uh, you've got a small number of analysts. And you've got you know less guidance from the company. They'll they'll tell you about how much they're they're going to be spending uh, the year on on um, capital expenditures and things like that. And you, know, you can tell from industry numbers sort of what what likely sales are going to be. So people people can follow this without big surprises. And it's as I say it's been great times. Um, the uh, Total sales were up sixty some percent. A lot of that had to do with an acquisition they made of Jayco, which was sort of the number three player before they acquired Jayco, and uh, so they've got backlog up almost a hundred percent over this time last year, and you know earnings were up uh, you know sixty some percent, fifty some percent. I think revenues were up more than than earnings because the Jayco operation is still much less efficient than the. Thor, um, you know, that has been around, and and we're going to see whether Thor management can get the margins at Jayco to where the rest of their uh, operations are. If they can, there's going to be an even more profitable company. Let's move on to Dick's Sporting Goods. Fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected. Their same store sales were up five percent, which, given the retailers that we've talked about over the last few weeks. Uh, plenty of retailers would kill to have those kind of comps. This is a good quarter, but the shares down because uh, once again, the guidance trumps the actual results. It always does, almost always, and I think that uh, that's got to be a little frustrating, don't you think? Just a little bit. If you if you ran a public company and you put up the kind of quarter that Dick Sporting Goods just did, and you came out and you said, "Look, we're going to be straight with you. Uh, here's what our guidance is," and then it's just like, no. Oh. Well, then we're out of here. It's like we get nothing. We get no credit for what we just put up in a really tough retail environment. Did we mention we're a bricks and retailer, a bricks and mortar retailer? Yeah, and I think that is something they they'd hope to not mention because <laughs> right. that's you know, investors are are kind of poised for any weakness and as strong as Dick's numbers are, uh remember that one of the reasons same store sales were up 
this much this quarter is because Sports Authority Golfsmith are no longer around. So they have uh, had the benefit of significantly less competition. Dix is really the only sort of national uh, sports uh, retailer with a you know full national footprint and an online presence. And yet they're going to continue to compete against Amazon and uh, probably some more of their competitors, smaller names, um, will continue to go away. Uh, and you have to balance out, hey, what is the value of being the number one retailer uh, when you're anchored to malls in a lot of cases, not all for dicks, but they're they're in, you know, if not malls, uh, retail conglomerations and uh, being the best in that group today is not valued very highly. They're, they're trading at about 11 times forward earnings, which is uh, you know pretty cheap in this market. But I think that there isn't a lot of enthusiasm for really anybody in the retail space. But if you're Nike, if you're running Nike, if you're running Under Armour, don't you want Dick's Sporting Goods to succeed? Aren't you maybe doing what you can? Because we saw what happened. Certainly, we saw what happened to Under Armour when Sports Authority went down and the effect that that had on not only their inventory, but their bottom line as well. Yeah, you, you, you do want to. There's only so much you can control. Uh, Under Armour uh, is, is, in its own small way, a competitor because it's got its own retail. Uh, stores and uh, you know that certainly you want there to be more outlets selling your goods and Dix is is so far you know doing better than all the competition other than Amazon but uh, there is there's just less less foot traffic they are it is really I think they've done a really good job to get the comp numbers that they have had. Those are so much better than a lot of the other numbers that you're seeing in retail for the last quarter. But, again, it's because there's no sports authority to go to in a lot of cases. I'm wondering, I'm just trying to imagine if, you know, what happens if, and they're, they're not in the precarious financial position that sports authority was, but if Dick Sporting Goods just up and goes away, I'm trying to imagine what the retail landscape looks like then, because Nike and Under Armour haven't built up their e-commerce to the point where they can handle that kind of blip. Yeah, and it's. I don't think that we want to imply that that is something which is anywhere on the horizon right now. Dix has uh, growing sales. You know, their their sales are not going away. Uh, they're just not translating into. Uh, ever increasing earnings per share for for shareholders. There they are up, you know, uh, up to about three dollars a share, and they were at two seventy five three years ago. So you know they've they've gone earnings per share have gone up ten percent in the last three years. Uh, that's pretty good in retail, uh, but that's not the kind of growth that you can find in a lot of other places in the market. Two three percent per share growth and a little bit of a dividend maybe, but I th- I think that uh, their sales have have gone up more than more than their profits and you know you have to look at that and say that's got to do with uh, pricing competition and there's no real brand strength that they can 
you know, they, they either are getting people to come into the store just because they're already at the mall or it's a destination, uh, but they're, they can't really charge more, uh, just like every other retailer. They've got to compete against uh, very, very competitive, uh, you know, Amazon who is not looking to make the highest margin it can on every sale. Not yet, anyway. All right, before we get to our next story, got to say a word about Casper. Uh, Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing the savings directly to the consumer. Do, do you know about the mattresses over there, Casper? Well, I've heard you talk about them. Well, I, let me tell you, and I've, I've actually seen them show up on my uh, you know internet searches. They're they're seem to have found me. Well, they're made with supportive memory foam for a sleep service that, with just the right sink and just the right bounce, that's what you want in a mattress. You want a little bit of bounce. You want a little bit of sink. What is sink? What is sink? Oh, oh, I, it, I was thinking S Y N C H. No, S I N K. Sink. Yeah. Like sink into the mattress, just a little bit. Uh, Casper offers free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period, so you don't have to lie down in the showroom. As we've talked about before, that's kind of the worst part about shopping for a mattress. Going to a showroom with bright lights, and you're laying down on a mattress trying to simulate what it would be like to actually sleep there, and it, it never works out. That's why you want Casper. These are good problems to have in life, aren't they? What's that? Oh, I, I have to lie down on a mattress in public. And pretend that I'm sleeping. You know what? That is a proverbial good problem to have. But here's the thing: you don't have to have it, you right? Can, because Casper's mattresses are made in the U.S. They offer free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada, and you can save. And here's the kicker, folks: you can save an additional fifty dollars towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com/fool and entering the promo code fool. That's casper.com/fool and enter the promo code fool. Terms and conditions apply. Casey's General Stores. Wow, third quarter profits much lower than expected. Their revenue fell short as well. The shares down about four percent today. Uh, this is uh, this is one of those this is one of those sort of under the radar type of of retailers uh, because it doesn't have a huge footprint on on the East Coast or the West Coast. It's a it's a it's a Midwest chain. Uh, one of those places where you can get, you know, gasoline and convenience store and pizza and all that sort of thing. Um, been putting up some good quarters, but uh, this one definitely a, bit, a little bit of a speed bump. Yeah, it, it's been a hell of a, a company for investors to own over the last five to ten years, and uh, you know there are always going to be some speed bumps along the way. But long-term shareholders are, are pretty happy with what's going on here. A lot of what you need to keep in mind about, um, you know, your your uh, convenience store retailers is that they do better uh, when gas is lower. Of course, uh, it, it impacts the, the total revenues. Uh, so their uh, their total sales are down over the last you know two three years, um, but their profits are up because what people do is they spend less money on gas, and you're not making a lot of money on on the gas. Uh, you're, you're making about three percent margin, something like that. And uh, if you've got a little more money left over after paying for your gas, and you go into the convenience store, buy, buy some, some pizza, buy some pizza, buy some food, buy some uh, you know some coffee, whatever it is, there are much better margins there. And so, Casey's, uh, for instance, in 2013, fiscal year 2013, 
operating margins were 2.7%. So, you know, this is a this is a pretty thin margin business, but they're up to 5 uh, 5.1% over the last 12 months. And so when you get that kind of margin expansion, uh, you get a lot more earnings. Uh, they have had uh, good increasing earnings, and this was a little bit of a speed bump, as as we've said. But you know, convenience stores are doing well these days. Unlike you, you know your destination malls, you, you can't really Amazon your way out of you know gas and coffee. Right. Right. No one's going to disrupt coffee. The delivery system for coffee. Well, and that especially I mean not drinking it. Amazon's not getting into the gas business. Right, as right. far as I know. I mean, who wants them to get somebody to deliver twenty-five gallons of gas to your door? Yeah, no, you don't no. want that. You don't want that. Maybe propane. Maybe propane gas. Yeah, you do a little. You know, can you buy like, propane on Amazon? I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can, but I would. I would want. I would not want to. Uh, yeah, I'd be. I think I'd be a little nervous if I was the propane delivery guy, whether yeah. it was for Amazon or anyone else. Um, now we were talking earlier this morning, and as I mentioned, Casey's General Store. I don't know what the the most eastern location of a Casey's General Store is in the United States, but I have not encountered one in my driving around. But when I mentioned Casey's to you this morning, you immediately went to, I guess, what the, could the be best what, convenience store in America. I was going to say what could be referred to as the Casey's General of the Mid Atlantic. No, 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 and that's Wawa. <laughs> Wawa is more like the Amazon of convenience stores. Really? <laughs> is this a Philadelphia-based company, and that's why you're like it's, you're, uh, so it's be- not just just because it's you're a, being strident about well, it. It's not so. No, there is. It's a it's a sort of a small-scale cult uh, in the Philadelphia area for Wawa. Did you have? I mean, is there anybody in Maine that's any good that that people would just you leave Maine and you say, God, I really miss X convenience store. No, not really. I wish they had those rents. See, no. and now Wawa. So what? I tell you, readers uh, or you know, listeners, listeners. We have listeners. You have listeners. You're saying they can't read. <laughs> they can read. They you, can write. You want them to so, drop an email to marketfoolery at fool dot com about their if they've got any love for Wawa. You know the the you know rant that you had about Oreos that got more response than I think anything that I've seen. But I I bet you know the love for Wawa out there. Uh, is right up there. So, You're not going to find Peeps Oreos in Wawa. They don't, they're not going to stock that nonsense. Yeah, they're only going to stock the classics. So here, here's my question for you about Tasty Wa- Cakes, of course. Well, yeah, that's a proud, that's a Philadelphia right. brand. Um, here's my question for you, and and I, I would I would love it if listeners would would drop an email to marketfoolery@fool.com because while I have not been to Casey's General, what I understand from people who have been there that. The pizza is good pizza. Like that, that actually is a differentiator for Casey's General. One of the one of them, anyway. And so, my question for you, and if if you're a Casey's General frequenter, drop us an email to marketfoolery@fool.com and let us know if there's something else beside that. But my question for you on Wawa is, what what am I getting at Wawa? Let's say I'm driving down the highway. There's a Wawa. I need to fill up. What what is the differentiator for Wawa? It what aren't you getting? What? <laughs> What do you want in a convenience store? No, no, do no. you want twelve different, you know, fifteen different uh, choices of coffee? No, because Wawa gives you that. Okay, that's. I mean, I just want basic coffee. full selection of tasty cakes. They got that. They okay. they got everything you need. It's it's like uh, first of all, it's like Disney World. It's that clean. <laughs> okay, cleanliness very, is very very clean. Okay, that's good. 
uh, and the hoagies and and the um, system there. You know, they've got touch screens, which they were sort of out in front of uh, to get sort of a Panera style. Now, uh, go into a Panera, Panera 2.0 touch screen. This is what I want my sandwich. All that. And and then do it, and and you get your you know your food in a couple couple minutes, freshly made, uh, hot and cold sandwiches. That's that's one of the differentiators. Okay, is, is very very good fresh sandwiches. Because I think pretty much any convenience store, regardless of brand, is going to have your basic selection of snacks and drinks and that kind of thing, and yeah, presumably it's, coffee, it's like uh, overheated hot dogs and and you know. In many cases, pizza. But you're it's saying been under the heat lamps for you're, forever. You're saying hoagies, though, and also it's it just it's it's started it's Wawa Dairy, and so it started as a producer of milk and deliver milk, and so that uh, is they've got their own their own milk, their own uh, lemonade, and and a lot of other things, uh, and so you, they keep the prices down on a few of those, and it's not a public company. Uh, but it is just you know like Google Wawa and you know religion or, or something like that. <laughs> really? Cult. Yeah. Wow. All right. I, I will do that once we wrap up. Uh, before we wrap up, um, <laughs> you know this 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 goes under the heading of retail is hard. Uh, after more than 60 years in business, H.H. Gregg is riding off into the sunset. This is the consumer electronics and home appliances retailer. This morning, H.H. Uh, Gregg filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, shares down 30 cents, uh, 30 cents, 30 percent on the news, and a single share is going for 12 cents. Um, <laughs> we were talking with uh, producer Dan Boyd before we started taping, and uh, uh, Dan said, and he's right, Dan said, I think I saw this coming a few years ago. and and. We kind of did, in, in in a way, it's it's amazing that H.H. Gregg has has held on as long as it has. They've got it, it, the only surprising thing to me here is that H.H. Gregg last week, H.H. Gregg had 220 locations. Last week, they came out and said we're going to close 88 of them. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, okay, they're they're sort of stealing themselves for one more shot at viability. And now a week later, they come out and they say, you know what, we're we're out. We're we're going Chapter 11. Yeah, you, you take that one shot. Like maybe if we do this, it'll hold off the creditors, and you know we can, the numbers can can line up. But uh, you know, I mean, you're you're in desperation territory at at that point, and um, I think that it is one of those things. As with a number of others, I, probably you could come up with a list of five, ten retailers that you assume will be bankrupt within the next five years. Um, I could come up with that list, although I'll, I'll name two that when we started Market Foolery in 2011, I know we talked about these two companies as being retailers that, oh, well, in five years, GameStop and Sears are going to be gone. And in fact, those two businesses are still around. GameStop doing much better than Sears. I, I still I, I feel like I'm right about Sears. I just wasn't right on the timing of that prediction. But uh, well, it's a big it's a big operation, and so they got a lot of cuts that they've made, and they've still got ones to go. Uh, and HH Gregg is never as big as Sears. So when things have, have gone wrong, then they've they've gone. Uh, They've had less of a cushion, uh, you know, to fall back on. And you've just uh, shown me your laptop, where you've pulled up a Google search 
including with articles like that have titles including "The Cult of Wawa" and "Why Wawa Is the Greatest Convenience Store of Them All." And there, there's a New York Times article there on the yeah. Cult of Wawa. Convenience and, and cult. Many, many. Uh, examples of that. All right, I'm going mean, to do. You'll, s- you'll get you'll get some responses. I'm going to do some reading on this, but drop us an email. What reading. was there in, in Maine? Uh, I, I don't really know. You that. can't even remember a convenience store. I mean, Store 24 was uh, was and is a uh, a New England convenience chain. I think they have some up in Maine, but I, like, I grew up in a town that that the convenience store was just like a local person's store. There was not any sort. Like, I grew up in kind of a small town. So. Any any chains where you were? Uh, not. I don't think there were. Well, when I was a kid, I don't think there were chains of convenience stores. Um, there's probably any s- chains at all. Yeah, sure. You know, McDonald's, McDonald's, and Burger King, and of course Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah, come on. We're not savages. <laughs> <laughs> we we don't live in the woods. Well, we kind of. You did live in the woods. We kind of live in the woods, but, you but know, still, there were Dunkin' Donuts. You know, we got in the woods, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Bill Barker from Motley Fool Funds. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So no buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.